Welcome to After Hours, a haphazard misadventure into the depths of relationships, culture, society, and intimacy in the modern age of adolescence. Hosted by yours truly, Dane Marquesi Delani, he, him pronouns. Kate Jellin, she, her. And Paula Dungao, pronouns he, him. Presented to you by Henri Collective. Today's episode, we'll be introducing ourselves and playing the We're Not Really Strangers card game to help you all get acquainted with us and discussion and call to action regarding the recent events of police brutality. This episode contains graphic content that some audiences may find offensive and or triggering, such as police brutality, and may contain topics such as drugs, mental health, and sexual innuendos. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy the episode. We would like to take the time before the start of this episode to broadcast a message about the recent events surrounding police brutality, racism, and the loss of life that the Black community has experienced with the deaths such as George Floyd, Ahmaud Arbery, Breonna Taylor, and our hometown Toronto local, Regis Korchinski Peke. As we believe that anyone with a platform, no matter how small or large, should speak and act on issues that are affecting the livelihood of peoples disproportionately affected by institutional structures and their acting agents. This is a call to action by Envy Collective. We implore you to have these uncomfortable discussions and reflections with those around you about the seed of privilege that you hold and how you can leverage your position in society to bring awareness and help create change. Now is not the time to stay silent, because when you choose complacency, you are contributing to the problem. If you are neutral in situations of injustice, you have chosen the side of the oppressor. That is a quote by Desmond Tutu, a black human rights activist who was a prominent figure in South Africa for his contribution to the anti-apartheid movement, in which he highlights the importance of a collective effort in addressing societal issues and political issues. By staying silent, you do not engage in conversations that can trigger change, reflection, and ultimately, action. It is imperative that we support and uplift those in the margins of society where they are often not given a seat at the table, despite having built a table we all sit at today. To follow up, I've also chosen to highlight a quote by Ijioma Uluo, a Black American woman who is the author of So You Want to Talk About Race, published in 2018, as well as her work on feminism and social justice, which has been featured in Time, New York Magazine, Huffington Post, Jezebel, XO Jane, She Knows, and many other places. The quote reads as following, Your intentions can only motivate action if you choose them to. They're not going to make me safer if you don't put any actions behind them. Where we are being harmed the most are in these seemingly benign actions by people who don't think they have a racist bone in their body. Let's engage in this uncomfortable discussion, as this is only a small glimpse into what Black and Indigenous folks have experienced and continue to experience in their day-to-day lives, where they operate at a level of hyper-awareness for the sake of self-preservation and safety. This is their reality. 
Action creates change when we put will to our words, and creating change is a journey that takes place over time, which requires attention, commitment, and empathy. It is not an easy process, but one that is absolutely necessary if we would like to change the outcome of the future world and our successors who will take our places. Engaging in these conversations gives us the opportunity to drive change, and taking action allows us to sit in the vehicle that moves us towards it. Allyship is not easy, but neither is change. We'll be providing you with resources in our Instagram and a Google Slides document where you can educate yourself about issues that are disproportionately affecting Black and Indigenous people of color, as well as directing you towards funding initiatives and campaigns where you can donate to. That will go a long way in helping the fight against police brutality and anti-Black and Indigenous racism. You can find us on Instagram at onwe, spelt E-N-N-U-I, dot collective, spelt C-O-L-L-E-C-T-I-V-E. Again, we thank you for taking the time to listen, and we genuinely hope you enjoy the episode. With love. Onwe Collective. Delani. I am a 20-year-old undergraduate student at Ryerson University studying uh, English literature and philosophy. I currently work with uh, media such as digital illustration, photography, and videography. Um, I also work with literature such as poetry and prose. And my favorite movie is Her, filmed by Spike Jonze in 2013, or 5 to 7 filmed in nice yeah kate go next i'm kate i'm an actor and artist so i i work with photography collage mixed media print embroidery just any kind of art and my favorite movie is comet by sam is male and i'm really I'm really into dancing and yoga and walking and just being in the nature. And yeah. And I am Paulo Dungao. I am 22. I'm a photographer, filmmaker, writer, all around okay person. My main focus right now is that I'm a nursing student. So hopefully I, I will be getting into that into the near future. Other interests, I am an avid rock climber. I like to do some woodworking and cooking and recently sewing. That's been fun. My favorite movie, Moulin Rouge. Yeah, that that old one. All right, now that you have a better sense of who we are, we could go even deeper into who we truly are by playing the We're Not Really Strangers card game. Dane, will you do the honors? 
Of course, the honor is my pleasure. Before we start, I'd like to point out that this is the second time we're doing this. <laughs> so, if we seem tired or just <laughs> totally done with everybody's shit, that's why. But, we're kind of sad. Yeah, we're kind of sad. So, we'll try to have some fun. <laughs> we recorded a really, really good pilot episode. And then the audio was just gone. And the video. <laughs> so, um, we're right here kind of not recreating it, but we're trying to make sure that it's still good. Yeah, up to our standard of quality. <laughs> yeah. So, I'll get started. Uh... First card drawn from level one, Perception. It reads, Do I remind you of anyone? Mm. Okay. So we'll start with Dane. Does Dane remind Uh, us of anybody? Uh. Not really. I've never met anyone like you before. So I feel like you're you're my very first Dane. (laughs) I feel like... Yeah, man, I'm drawing a blank. Yeah, like, you know, it's probably more like if I, maybe if I meet someone who's a little bit like you, then they'll remind me of you. But I, I don't know. You're my only Dane, so. <laughs> yeah, no, this is not like a cop-out answer. Like, I genuinely have not met yeah. anybody who is like Dane, who knows his shit, who knows what he's talking about, and he's very level-headed. So I don't know. I guess everybody I know is just, like, stupid, crazy, emotional. <laughs> I'm even trying to think of, like, maybe a character in a movie or a TV show, but... Yeah, it's hard. Nah. Dane, you are the only one. One of a kind. One of, yeah, one of a kind. <laughs> one of one. I hope, I hope that that's okay for you. Like, I hope you're not disappointed. How do you feel about yeah, this? Yeah, no. No, I'm honored. <laughs> I'm honored. It's like a fashion brand making a one-of-a-kind production. I... Yeah, I I live for that sentiment. Thank you. I I appreciate it. First that. and well, you know, you're addition. a hybrid. <laughs> you're a hybrid of your parents. It's feeding yeah. my egoism. <laughs> oh my. Yeah. <laughs> Would anyone like to go next? Okay, so it's gonna be Pow. Okay, Pow. Oh, okay, sweet. Huh. Um, does Paolo remind me of anyone? Um, Paolo reminds me of Charlie from perks of being a wallflower and funnily enough uh, as Ezra Miller's character in the same film whoa really <laughs> whoa <laughs> not to that level of extreme but just because you have like a very spontaneous personality and i feel like you know when you are really drawn out uh, the energy is is really there. That's where I see a lot of it. Um, characteristic wise, I definitely see you uh, reminding me of Charlie. But in terms of people I've met, I, I've def- I'll definitely say that you are, uh, you know, like your answer about my uh, about me. Sorry, um, very very unique kind of person. And you know, as for Kate, I would also say the same thing. I think she's a very whimsical. Uh, person Um, and if I were really to you know put a face of resemblance um, with regards to characteristics I'd probably have to say somewhere between Luna Lovegood of the Harry of J.K. Rowling's Harry Potter series oh that's good that's Um, a good one 
mixed with probably the eclectic nature of Francis Ha um, <laughs> from Greta Gerwig's Francis Ha oh, film. These are so good. They're both romantics. Yeah, those those are really good ones. Good comparisons. I'm gonna I'm gonna take a second for this hmm. one, okay, Kate? Yeah. I mean, I've been trying to think of who you remind me of, but I don't think I've also ever met anyone like you. And I I kind of see the Charlie, but I feel like you're just more outgoing than Charlie. Mm. No, you're the only Paolo. Yeah, but I don't I don't know. Like maybe it's because like I like I talk to you guys too much that I'm like you guys have become like the default. That I just don't remind <laughs> me of anyone. During quarantine, we are, yeah, I think I've talked to you guys more than I've talked to any other person. Yeah, me too. Like, I, I would say the same. Pretty much every day, yeah. I've seen your faces so many times. Well, what about me? Um, who do I remind you of, Paolo? You remind me of, um, what's, uh, what's her name from that show? Uh, Villanelle from Killing Eve. I think I've not seen that. Have you guys have you have you guys seen that? Dane, have you? No. Villanelle sounds familiar. I've heard conversations um, about her. Okay. From some of my coworkers. Okay, Kate, don't take this the wrong way, but she's a she's like a sociopath, and she's like a hired assassin. <laughs> but the way she just has this like very like big personality. <laughs> But also, like, like you know, like, very showy. I, I love that about her, but I also, like, recognize that in you so much. The way that you have, like, a certain <laughs> style. It's, 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 like, it's, like, it's very significant to, to who you are. But, yeah, I, like, you don't kill Sociopath. anyone. You don't kill anyone, so it's totally chill. Like, no, yeah. I mean. She's, she's not a killer yeah. for hire. I mean, I am Kate Kills. I'm and Kate you are Kate Kills. I think that was that that was definitely in the back of my mind. I was like, she is a killer. Oh killer, god. Killer. <laughs> oh my god. I didn't expect that. I was hoping you'd be like, oh You need to watch that. Maybe I will. I've heard about Killing Eve and it's with it's with um Christina Yang from Grey's Anatomy. What's her name? Sandra O. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. After Reactive. we did our last take of this podcast last night. Uh, I got really high and I watched that show and it was really good. Is that why, like, <laughs> yeah, is that why you're yeah. <laughs> telling me that I remind her, I remind her of you? No, absolutely. I remind, I remind you of her. Yeah. In my very inebriated brain, I was like, is that Kate? Oh my God. <laughs> now I want to see what, who's like, who's, who's the actor that plays that role? Uh, Natalie Cormer. Natalie Comer, Comer? I don't know. I don't know her name. I don't know how to say no, her I'm name. Just, I'm just trying to Google say. it quickly. But she has a very distinct face, much Will like it? you. Oh my god, her? Oh my god, I love her. Jody. Oh, Jody, Comer. not Natalie. Yeah. Wow, thank you. That's a compliment. I love that. Sure. Okay, I'll take that. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Are we all ready for the next question? Hell yeah, let's yes. do it. Let's get, let's get a little deeper. Let's get deep. Let's get into it. Okay. So this card, uh, level one, again, from the perception level, is what's the first thing you noticed about me? The first thing I noticed about you was your style. Because you look like a fashion student. <laughs> did did, so, so did yeah. the style point you towards any assumptions about me? 
Oh yeah, I thought you were a snobby. <laughs> I mean, you did bully me a little bit, but <laughs> but I just really thought that you were like, yeah. I just really, I really thought that you only <laughs> shopped at like you know YSL or what's that? Um, what's that one like Saint something? All Saints. Oh, yeah, all you Saints. know. <laughs> all Saints and you've seen. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know Bonsiaga and just like all that shit. I, I definitely see that. Right? Yeah. That's what I thought, and I'm like, oh my god, he definitely has, like, he's probably wearing, like, Chanel right now, or something like that. And I just really thought that you were that bougie. No. That was that was the first thing that I noticed about you. Is that the and I was like, why is he working here? He should be working, like, somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't fit in here. He's different. <laughs> Get out, rich kid. Get out of here. <laughs> oh my god. With Paolo, though, um, I thought he was super jolly. Like, I noticed, like, his personality, because, like, I know that he talks to everyone. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, he's so confident and nice. And I also noticed his, the way that he, he cuffs his man. <laughs> like, every time. <laughs> like, every time I think about Paolo, I think about cuffs, like, cuffed pants. Oh, boy. <laughs> Two notches above the ankle. And no, the Blundstones. It, it was even higher, Dane. Not two notches. <laughs> I went up. Before, really? <laughs> I went up. <laughs> like four not, like four or five notches? Oh, I'm going to say four, four to five. It was just, yeah. And it's noticeable. Like, I'm, I know I'm not the only one who noticed that. <laughs> I know everybody does. <laughs> I was definitely compensating for my height. <laughs> oh, my. Yeah, because, like, cuffing your pants, like, makes you look a bit taller, right? It does. But it also makes your pants look very short. <laughs> I know. You, you can't win because also, like, you'll see the knee part and it's, like, right down there. You know, it's, like, it's not... It's <laughs> Being short sucks. Being short does suck. I don't know. I think I think it has its advantages. It's, like... It, Dane, it you're normal-sized. M- mobility. Yeah. Okay. Dane, yeah, you're not allowed to comment on this. <laughs> short people only. I feel like I'd be considered short. I'm 5'7". That's not... Kate, can you kill know. him? I'd kill to be five, can you seven. kill him? Kate, can you kill him? Sure. Like, <laughs> you can message me privately. We can't say anything incriminating. Oh, here. right, 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 right. Yeah. Just in this case, is, this is going <laughs> up publicly. What is that? Did you? Did someone just give you like five hundred dollars on OnlyFans? OnlyFans. Like, <laughs> <laughs> How did you know about my OnlyFans Only account? <laughs> Um, because I'm subscribed. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right. Friends support that? friends. <laughs> Who's next, guys? Who's next? <laughs> uh, let's do let's do Paulo. I'll I'll answer for for the both of you guys. Okay. Um, Kate's first. The first thing I noticed about Kate was her uh, uh her irises. They're like this hazily blue color, hazily brown. Hazel, blue, brown, green? I don't know. It's a... <laughs> it's hazel. It's hazel? Okay. It's like an interesting color. And I remember the first thing that I had asked her when I... You know, besides uh, introductions, was... Did you have retinal transplant surgery? <laughs> and I didn't... I didn't know how it would translate, but I, th- I thought it was the safest way of approaching the question of asking if her eyes were natural because they did. They definitely didn't look like contacts, but it's definitely something I could have been fooled about. Definitely one of the weirdest comments I've yeah. ever gotten, but I love it. Like, it really like made a mark. 
Dane, do you think that's like the equivalent of saying like, did you get breast implants? Oh my God. I think so. Yeah. To be honest, like, um, Kate even told me herself, like when, you know, after the question had been proposed, she was like, that's a little rude. Don't you think? (laughs) And I was like, yeah. You know what? Yeah. Uh, and I apologize for that. Um, curiosity got the best of me. Definitely not a proud moment, but I did learn that her eyes were natural. So <laughs> who really won? <laughs> you know, I kind of thought I was a little like I felt a little complimented because I was like, wow, he really thinks I'm rich enough to get like that surgery. <laughs> <laughs> And that he thinks I'm brave enough to actually go through that just to change the color of my eyes. Like, it's kind of like, wow. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I should get a nose job next. <laughs> you do give that energy, though. You have, you have like, a, like, like a, a highbrow energy to you. What does that mean? <laughs> like a classy woman. A classy woman, yeah. Well, thank you. I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't well, know if that's, you. like, a compliment, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've always thought I was a little trashy. So <laughs> I've never really like thought about myself like that because I'm like, oh shit! I literally like don't wear bras, and my mom hates it. She thinks I'm like some some prostitute, like literally. But I'm like, oh okay, classy, I guess. <laughs> Multi-dimensional women, you know. It's what we're here for. It's what we support. Oh okay. Um, and for oh Paolo, God. the first thing I noticed about Paolo was. I feel like it was his eyes as well, to be honest. Um, I forget the artist who was featured in the Tim Burton film, Big Eyes, in 2016. But I believe it was Amy Adams who was portraying the artist. And she used to draw or paint, sorry, paint these portraits of people and children where their eyes would be hyperimposed on like a very doll-like body and that's what I was first reminded of I was like wow he has really nice eyes they're just like big and they stare into your soul like I I, I kind of felt like I was being red so that's that's what that's the first thing I noticed about Paolo the second thing I noticed about Paolo was his eyebrows I thought they were really nice (laughs) yeah that's really it I yeah thank you thank you for looking at my eyes eyebrow king uh, those two things are actually, like, two of my favorite parts of my body. Just, like, my eyes. Yes, self-love. Also, the fact that you mentioned the doll-like body. I'm like, do you see this body? <laughs> oh, yeah, it's doll-like. Ken doll-like? Ken, is that you? <laughs> I, I, okay, I, I wasn't talking about that. I was just saying it's just tiny and miniature <laughs> and fluffy. <laughs> like, that's what I was saying. But, yes, I do have a little bit of muscle. Not to flex or anything. Not to flex <laughs> He lifts, you know. <laughs> I pull. Actually, I pull. <laughs> he climbs. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I guess it's my turn for both. I believe so. Yes. I'm kind of scared. Okay, so I'll go with Dane first because Kate is scared for some reason. But uh, the first thing I noticed about Dane was uh, his glasses, the way they fit his face perfectly, and his posture. All good things. Uh, when I was walking towards the table where we all first met, or we, where I first met Dane anyway, uh, he was sitting very, very well. He was sitting with his back straight. And I was like, wow, he knows his shit. For some, like, for some reason, sitting with your posture like that makes you look eight times more important than the average person. So 
that's what I noticed about Dane. His beautiful posture and the vibe that uh, gave out. I think that's why I was uh, a little scared of him at, at first because his he wasn't like shoulders drooped, like oh, I don't know about myself. It was like it was like I'm 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 like I'm here. Uh, so that's Dane. I definitely see that. Would you say regal almost? <laughs> I I think I would say regal. Yes, like Dane. Dane is a regal name as well. You know, like Great Dane. Oh, it's a great dog. Like the dog. <laughs> 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 yeah, it's a great dog. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> it's a, a, dub- a double-edged compliment to be compared to a dog. I specialize. I specialize in those. Thank you very much, sir. What about me? Kate. Kate, I think the one thing that I noticed immediately was uh, how should I how should I put this without sounding creepy? Her uh, innocent like demeanor online <laughs> i think that's because like that's where i got my first impression of you uh but also like incredibly creative and looks like she's just out here to have fun bro but nah that's not the case she's out here to kill <laughs> i'm a murderer i'm just kidding please don't <laughs> oh but like when we actually first met oh. when we like first met first thing i noticed was i'm sorry your height because i thought you were taller Oh, you thought I was taller. Yeah, I thought you were taller. Like, I think your personality lends you to that feeling. I have a tall girl personality. <laughs> you know, I've gotten that before. I've done that before. But thank you that you think I'm tall. You think your life is hard? <laughs> Try being in 10th grade, being six foot four, wearing size 12 men's Nikes. Ouch. That sounds terrible. Oh, my God. Oh, no. Oh my the god. Hurt. And your wife. So mean. Oh no. Oh my god. The struggle. Whoa. <laughs> that film, that film was just so painfully unaware. Oh my god. I didn't even watch that because I'm like, I'm not gonna listen to you talk about your like, come on. Just be a model. Like <laughs> make a lot of money, please. Just like do it. I'm telling you. Go ahead, girl. <laughs> you can do this. <laughs> There are no barriers for you. Yeah, girl, you can there do are it. There are no barriers. You can just you can just climb over those barriers. You can just hop those barriers. Like as long as you're tall, like you're up, to, like just do it. I'm sorry. This podcast is brought to you. This podcast is brought to you by all the short people in the world. Uh, get out of here, tall people. <laughs> short people rights. <laughs> um, I don't think short people deserve rights. I don't think Scorpios deserve rights. Just kidding. I'm not a Scorpio. Ooh, wait. Yeah, he's a Sagittarius. What are you talking about, <laughs> Kate? I'm just saying, because just in case Scorpios are listening. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh, okay. That was some just, major shit. Oh, this is a general, this is a general burn. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I love Scorpios. <laughs> <laughs> Don't add that. <laughs> oh, we're going to add that. that. Oh, we're going to add that. <laughs> Level two, no. connection. Um, so this card reads, is there a feeling you miss? So whoever wants to answer can go first and then we'll go from there. I'll start. Yeah, I do. There, there are some feelings that I definitely miss because of this whole quarantine thing. You know, I haven't been able to climb and climbing. It's, uh, given me a, um, one of the only ways to, uh, to really feel like in my body to really feel like I own my body because if, if sometimes when I'm climbing, it just feels like I'm like, I'm, I'm flying. 
in a way. I just feel the weightlessness on my body, but I also feel when I'm moving through moves, it's like the tension that like runs throughout my body to keeps me on the wall. It's this like incredible feeling of just like feeling your energy throughout yourself. Um, that's one feeling that I miss. And the other feeling that I miss is like just being in a space with other people and feeling the, the energy that forms in that space doing the thing that you're doing again to bring it back to climbing when I was in the the climbing gym it'd be like a Friday night and it'd be insanely packed and we were all just like you know finger figuring out like the problems figuring out the roots and uh just like having fun and being friends and that feeling of like joyousness of like we're just gonna be here and this whole like three hours are gonna be here it's just uh just us doing our thing so would you say that's like it's the feeling of connectivity that you miss the most and feeling, like, feeling connected not only to other people, but also to your own body. Absolutely. Because you are a very, like, physically active person. Yes, it, it is that feeling of uh, connection. Uh, I do feel a little disconnected from myself and from other people nowadays. And it just feels like I'm floating, which is uh, uncomfortable sometimes because it just feels like nothingness around you. Yeah, anyway, brought that to a dark place. Because it was also a routine for you, you know? Yeah, that, a routine. Like, I would use climbing to really get myself motivated for other stuff. Yeah. Uh, because of that really amazing feeling. And I, I got the energy to do the things in my life that I needed to do. I think you're just craving, really, that space again. Yeah. Because it's different when you're, like, even... I mean, I've been working out at home, but it's different when you're actually in a place where, like, because I love taking, like, classes and stuff like that and taking dance classes. And it's just different when you're surrounded with people. Mm-hmm. You know, it's so, like, it's it's just, I don't know, it's not as fulfilling when you're doing it alone, at least for me. It's probably different for other people, but for me, it's so different because, I don't know, maybe there's just, like, that energy that I crave. But No, I agree. I think as people... You know, speaking for the three of us, I, I, I think we're all very socially active people who like to c- continuously be engaged with people in the moments that we're not consuming our free time on our own, you know, artistic endeavors. I think it's part of what gives us the inspiration to continue creating and, you know, participating in things outside of, you know, art, just just life as a whole, you know what I mean? It's, I think connectivity is a basis for existence. Um, and I would say for myself, it's a very important feeling. Yeah. You know, it reminds me of how, um, you know, the whole extrovert introvert thing. I used to think that I was just like an introvert, but I realize now that like I am both, you Mm. know, and I notice like with myself that it changes like, just it depends on like the season or it just depends on what I'm going through because some days some months I really just want to be alone or like I find that I feel energized and I feel more connected to myself and to everything when I'm alone but then there are also months where I'm like you know I really I feel like I need people I need that external energy and I can't just you know just being like by myself is just not as fulfilling to me and I used to beat myself up for that but now I'm realizing that that's okay you know we're we're social beings and 
it's just a normal thing. Mm-hmm. It's it's I I, th- I would go even as far to say that it's a, it's almost a universal experience for those who are who have been properly and healthfully socialized into society, because I think a big part of just our being is that we are so not necessarily dependent, but we are so energized by the people and things that we do around us in the communities that we exist within, you know? So, you know, speaking as a gay person who is probably not going to be able to experience pride this, this, this year, you know, having gone to pride four years in a row almost now, um, yeah, it feels, it feels dislocating and it feels jarring to not be able to go to that community space and, you know, celebrate with other people on top of just existing with friends. It's, um, it, it, it almost seems isolating. Yeah. Do we, do we all feel like we've kind of answered the question or the prompt that was provided? I haven't answered it. Oh, you haven't answered it? Okay. No. Yeah. What, what's your answer, Kate? Well, you know, I really miss the feeling of being in a different city. I don't know. I just, I, I mean, I know that when I'm going through a tough time, my mentality is always to escape and go somewhere else. Cause I know that, yeah, like you bring yourself with you, blah, blah, blah. But I feel like being in a different city, it's, it helps, you know, to kind of like just physically like taking yourself away from, so from a place that you're so used to it just it helps you so much and I feel like right now because of everything that's going on with the pandemic and you know all like police brutality and stuff like that I'm really craving being somewhere tropical or like just having that break for my mind and not having to worry about anything because it's such a it's a refreshing feeling it's also very nostalgic it's just I don't know. It's just like, it's so calming to me for some reason, but also exciting. And I feel like that's what I'm really craving mm-hmm. for. Because everything just seems so like, so planned now. It's such a routine. I'm always home. You know, I, every day I do the same stuff because there's really nothing else to do. And I feel like I just really want to see something new. I just really want to physically be somewhere else. And that feeling of just like kind of like being foreign somewhere, it's comforting. And I think I'm really looking for that right now. Mm-hmm. That's probably why I keep on watching Spanish <laughs> TV shows because I'm just like, I just want to be somewhere by the beach. Shout out to Elite. <laughs> With nice architecture. <laughs> yeah. Hi, Aaron Piper. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're, we're being serious. Aaron Piper, if you're listening to this, very far-fetched chance, but Kate loves you. <laughs> Um, it's okay. I'll tag him. I saw that necklace you were wearing. (laughs) (laughs) He was wearing a necklace that says K. Mm. (laughs) I was like, okay. (laughs) I manifested that shit. K is everything. That's what it stood for. (laughs) I really am. (laughs) It's funny that I think when you said that you cut, you bring yourselves to these spaces uh, or places, uh, even though you want to escape, I think I think there's just that that feeling of like of really opening yourself up to the world and realizing that you are like the world is so much bigger than what you think it is. 
And I think, yeah, absolutely. Like with isolation, with the, with all the police brutality, there's a feeling of, uh, of feeling trapped and feeling helpless and escaping to another place kind of just gives you that breathing room to, to feel anonymous, to feel like you can live another life than the one that you're given. Uh, but at the same time, it's not about, it's not about that. It's about taking those experiences and really like integrating themselves into the life that you're given. So it's not about just escaping. It's about taking the, taking the, what you're feeling right now, what you're experiencing right now and applying that to the life that you are currently living. So that's, yeah, I definitely. Yeah. And it's such a freeing, it's freeing, you know, it's like kind of you're freeing, you're like literally physically freeing yourself from that restraint that you're having. And, you know, I think just like physically like running away or just physically leaving is such, it's a big thing. Cause like, even when I moved to Montreal for a month, I lived there for a month and I was going through a breakup. It just helps me so much because I, you know, I was in this new city. I was meeting new people and I just thought to myself, you know, it's not the end of the world and that, Hey, like I'm a great person, even though this person didn't really appreciate me. I'm still here. And like, be, there's, there's people here who have only known me for like a few weeks and it's, they already love me. You know, it's kind of like you discover like new things about yourself too, because it's such a, it's just so, it's not your routine. It's not your habit. Mm-hmm. And I think it's nice to kind of break your habits once in a while, kind of like getting lost, you know, as cliche as that sounds. No, I, I agree. Yeah. I think the act of getting lost in some strange way allows us to get refamiliarized with ourselves and also to learn and come to know parts of ourselves that we hadn't known previously. I think it just gives us this all or nothing opportunity to just to be, you know, to be ourselves and to be experiencing ourselves in that moment. I think that's, that's probably one of the nicest feelings of being outside of, you know, your residence and your home city, the the chance to explore, not just, you know, the urban area, but also your yourself and your interests and, your motivations and, and your loves. I think it's, I think it's great. I think that was a really, yeah, beautiful answer, Kate. Thank you from a beautiful girl. Uh, so the next question is what's the Sorry, most Dane, Dane, you didn't, you didn't give a, you didn't give an answer. What? Oh. Oh, I didn't. I didn't. True. I, I don't know. I, I felt <laughs> like I had kind of, well, I suppose I was, you know, ricocheting off of your own answers, but uh, I think to put it, into words, my own answer would be that I miss this very particular feeling that I was experiencing in, you know, the summer of 2018, you know, from start to finish. I, it, it was almost this, like, romantic and detached experience. I felt so free and uninhibited. It was this moment where I felt almost invincible despite the very very real and grounding moments where I did have to acknowledge my mortality and my, my limitations. I, I, you know, 
still having considered those, even now, I, I, I would say I still felt invincible. Um, and I, I miss the, those feelings, that feeling of summer 2018. But at the same time, I understand that moments come to a pass for certain reasons. And, you know, life happens to us because it wants us to explore ourselves and and so I guess I it wouldn't say I wouldn't say that life happens to us but life happens for us in that we explore the avenues that we live in and the people that we meet. So yeah, I would say I miss the the romantic feeling of summer 2018. Coincidentally enough, that was also the same year we were Oshiaga. Oshiaga. <laughs> yeah. Funnily enough, Oh, I love that story so much. Yeah, it was... What a time. Oh my god, we were in the same event. Yeah, still still unfamiliarized. We had even gone to the Florence and the Machines concert, um, or concert night uh, at Oshioga. But funnily enough, we still didn't manage to bump into each other. I, I mean, that's understandable, given the fact that there were so many people there. Florence was calling us. I believe so. Like... Her calling her flock. We were just so drunk. Uh, yes. We, we're all so drunk we that wasted. we were just like... And I was like, whoa, that's my mom calling me with dog days. <laughs> everything, everything was spinning. Yeah, I'm like, I was like, oh my God, she looks like a fairy. She really did. Because <laughs> she was wearing that nice slip dress. And I'm like, whoa, she's like a witch, a fairy witch. And I was just like, yeah. That's it. That's the experience. <laughs> That's what this is, this whole thing. I felt like I was being given a hug by the most comforting motherly figure I've ever met. Agreed, yeah. I felt almost enlightened. Yeah. 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 Okay. So I love folks, her. Are we all ready to move on to the next question? Absolutely. Are you going to choose a different one? No, no, no. I'm just going to answer the one that I already picked. Um, so this question reads, also from the same level... Uh, level two connection. What's the most pain you've ever been in that wasn't physical? You should go first, Dane. Okay. Um, what's the most pain I've ever been in that wasn't physical? Um, I would say it has to do with the loss of my ex-boyfriend in uh, December of 2018. was a really tough month for me. I, you know, prior to going into the month itself, I had assumed that it was going to be very lighthearted, a month full of celebration and just happiness and joy. Seeing as that, you know, in prior years, December has always been a bit of a melancholy and somber month for me. So I, I wanted it to be a nice change of pace, but unfortunately it, it seemed to be a reoccurring uh, a theme uh, and so having lost my partner or sorry not my partner but my my ex-boyfriend um, someone who was very very emotionally attached to and, and shared a lot of memories with and shared a lot of hardships with and just very invested it was hard to navigate the experience and hard to show my grieving process I felt as if you know, I couldn't really speak on it because we had been estranged for so long. And, you know, we, although we had left on positive terms in the summer of 2017, we, you know, we were still very much so estranged. And it was a difficult 
process. You know, grieving is not a linear process and recovery isn't either. And having been someone who dealt with both addiction and, or formally addiction and the loss of a partner, it was, it was really difficult. And I think as I, as I navigated the situation and as I evolved with it, I realized, you know, this isn't something that I need to vindicate myself for or crucify myself for, that it is, it's just a matter of allowing myself to feel and experience the vulnerability. So, yeah. But to describe the, the pain itself, I felt like I was being wrenched of all the emotion that I had in me. And I feel like as literal as it's, as it is described, I, I felt like I was almost flayed alive emotionally. It was a very daunting time in my life, but you know, I was able to persevere and, you know, in December and January altogether, a lot of, a lot of things had happened. Um, I had lost a lot of friends but in the process, I gained a lot of new ones as well, and I was really able to navigate it so much better having so many good friends around me. So if you're listening to this, you know who you are, but I am so grateful to have had you in my life and to be able to experience your presence and your friendship, and I am eternally grateful. But yeah, that, that's my answer. Um, that is the most physical pain Sorry, the, the most pain I've ever been in that wasn't physical. So whoever would like to go next, I offer you the mic and, you know, take your time. There's no rush. Speak on whatever you're comfortable with. Thank you for that. Uh, and this is me. Thank you, Dane, for sharing. I can go next. Are you okay, Dane? Yeah, no, I, I think it's something I've more or less come to terms with. But I'm still continuing to explore it. It's not, as I've said before, a linear process mm. or experience. So as it comes, yeah. I deal with it. Like changing weather, almost. Well, I think, um, I think for me it's the same loss. I know through therapy and just like really thinking about my past and everything that's been going on with my life, I know that loss and grief is something that is really not easy for me to handle and process because I know that I've experienced a lot of different kinds of losses in my childhood. So even now, whenever I lose someone or I lose something, it's just this excruciating pain that I can literally like feel in my entire body and soul and brain. And um, I think I, I can think of two recent events that really impacted me that still like hurts when I think about it first was when my uncle died just super suddenly I haven't seen him since I moved here which was like seven years ago and then he just he just passed away because of like cancer and we didn't even get to say goodbye or anything and we were really close you know he was literally like my dad and he wanted to adopt me when I was younger and I would always see him in the summer and he was like the very first person who really believed that I could be an actor so when I heard that he like just passed away without even like us saying goodbye because we're here and he's in the Philippines it was it was super hard I think it's been a year now 
and the first few months, I would always have a dream about him. And I still have dreams about him like being there. And like, it's such a painful sensation when, um, whenever I dream about him, I would, I would be so aware that it's a dream because I know that he's not here anymore. And like, I remember a few days ago, I had a dream about him and he was there. And I remember just telling myself not to wake up because in that dream, I could still like talk to him. And I don't know. I just feel like I, I haven't really gotten over that because it's just such a, it's just such an unfinished thing, you know? And then another one is my first heartbreak. It's funny because I used to think it's stupid when people really get super depressed or when they have to seek therapy after a breakup or a heartbreak until I actually experienced it. And oh my God, it really hurt like a bitch. Like I literally felt like my heart was like crushing into pieces and was, I don't know, it's like earth shattering and like, I know I'm a very confident person and I have so much love and confidence and I'm very sure of who I am. But when that happened, I definitely questioned so many things about myself, so many things about people. Everything just felt so confusing to me because it's like everything that I believed in, you know, because I, I trusted like it was the first time that I trusted a person and a relationship in a capacity that I've never done before. And then for it to, to just to watch to watch it kind of just crumble down, it was I don't know. I feel like I was in the front row and it was just the Oh I, I felt like I was gonna die. It really felt like I was gonna die and I don't know, I'm still not completely over that, but I just always try to tell myself that I'm going to go through loss over and over again in different ways. And, you know, that maybe carrying that pain isn't as bad as long as I know how to deal with it. But loss is loss, you know? It's true that when a person leaves, you feel like you're losing a part of yourself. I always thought that was so corny because I'm like, I'm not, you know, I'm still me, but you're losing the part of yourself that was you when they were there. And that's, it's so painful. You don't know if you're ever going to get that back. But yeah. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for sharing, Kate. No worries. It's definitely not an easy thing to lose someone. Um, and it's another thing to lose someone without them having passed away. But regardless, it's still an experience of grief and something I think we should all tread carefully on because we don't know the sensitivities that we experience. And I think the important thing to know is regardless of how the matter had ended and how the situation came out to be, and not in a way that, you know, dismisses these struggles of, that someone has experienced in, in the process of grief, is that grief and gratitude often come hand in hand, and 
although neither are an easy process or act of exhibiting, it's something that must remain with us conscientiously and something that we must display continuously, not for the sake of others, but for the sake of ourselves, to maintain our own emotional well-being and the ongoing relationships that we explore with grief and gratitude continuously evolve and they are far beyond from easy regardless of our proximity to them but again thank you so much for sharing Kate we are so delighted yeah I think I find that grief also kind of triggers this kindness that you want to give to yourself I find that in going through that and going through all the emotional turmoil and like just all the me blaming myself for things it's also like such a humbling experience to witness yourself kind of like really giving yourself the love and support and the forgiveness that you you need to give yourself and I think that was something that was really hard for me because I always blame myself when when I lose people in my life because I when you think about it I was the common denominator in a lot of things that have failed in my life so it's so easy to think that there's something wrong with me but then that's the moment where you can practice being kinder to yourself and giving yourself the compassion that you wish people would give you or that you would give to someone if they're going through the same thing. And that's, I mean, it's so much easier said than done, but I think that's one of the hardest lessons that humans can really learn because it's so, it's just so, it's just so hard to be kind to yourself. It's just, I don't know why. It's so easy to be nice to people, but to yourself, it's like, it's this thing that always like happens and then it disappears and then you have to learn it again and then it disappears again and then you have to learn it again and it's like it's sometimes exhausting but when you get there when you have when you reach that like little moment where you're like okay I'm actually being kind to myself it's so satisfying so there's always something in every struggle I guess not to romanticize struggle because it's it fucking sucks but you know, being in pain is not beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's it's gruesome. Like, I don't like the way that people romanticize pain sometimes because it's so easy to romanticize it and write, write about it in such beautiful way with beautiful words. But when you're going through it, you're like, oh my God, there's nothing beautiful about this. I'm literally stuck in my bed, crying. I haven't showered in two days and it just fucking hurts. And it's just not like beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's it's everything removed from beauty. It's 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 everything that's human, to be very honest. You know, Kate, is there anything else that you'd like to say? Or do you feel as if you've shared what you've had to say? I think I've said what I had to say. <laughs> I don't want to cry. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Again, we thank you for sharing. And we, we really appreciate the, the honesty and the vulnerability that you've allowed us to share and so without further ado whenever you're ready to speak Paolo we invite you to the stage thank you when I think about that question I think about the very first heartbreak that I went through and uh, I'm so glad that you talked about it Kate because yeah it does seem silly it does seem silly that um, I had to go to the hospital I had to go to, I had to be formed because I had broken up with my girlfriend at the time. And because I guess of the 
the stigma of being a youth, of uh, being a teenager. There's that feeling of uh, disbelief in yourself. There's that feeling of like, no, I can't be, I can't be this sad, but you are this sad, and it is this painful. And the fact that you feel, I felt like obliterating myself because of that heartbreak. There was a cognitive dissonance there where I was like, I can't believe I really want to do this, but I really want to do this. Like, I want to kill myself. But that's just the nature of, like, loss and, like, having your very first heartbreak. And for me, that was, like, the first time I had ever truly, truly lost someone that I felt like I truly lost someone. And I think what goes into that is also, like, being the first person that you truly felt like felt okay with being the first person that uh, you fell in love with. These things are no joking matter. And I think the way that we as a society talk about love sometimes can dilute it, but it is truly like one of the most encompassing things that can happen to you. And once that's taken away, it feels like your heart is just being like ripped out of your chest. Like, like the rib cage, like each rib cage is just being, you know, that, that was the most pain that I've ever felt. Um, but yeah, you talked about it to death and I really appreciate every single word that you said because I, I applied it to myself and it definitely made me feel less alone in that. And I think I just wanted to add on to what you said. I think as a society, we see heartbreak, romantic heartbreak as such like a, it's just so, it's such a shameful thing, you know, because it's like, it's love, like whatever. It's not like, you know, you lost like a family. I feel like in our society, it's not seen as this like big thing. But when you think about it, it is a big thing. And I feel like even me personally, every time, say, I have a relationship or a fling and it doesn't end well or we separate, I feel like, Maybe it's just me putting this pressure on myself, but there's such this pressure to just come out of it beautifully right away. But that doesn't always happen. And I feel like there's also just beautiful and like immense growth in going through the pain and not being ashamed of it. And just really accepting that you're hurt and that this is, this is a big deal. I'm not going to move on right away. I'm not going to be my divine, beautiful, feminine self right away. I'm not going to be my upgraded self right away. I'm going to be sad and I'm going to be grieving and I'm going to be detached for a long time because that relationship mattered to you. You know, that's what they say. Like the deeper the love is, the harder it is to kind of detach from it. And I feel like it's just, it's very true. Paolo, you seemed as if you wanted to kind of elaborate more on what you were saying previously. Um, is this something you'd uh, still be willing to share? Yeah, yeah, but uh, I was just sort of thinking about what Kate said. Sorry, I, I lost my train of thought. No. Yeah. Take your time. I'm just trying to remember what she said. <laughs> <laughs> it got deep. <laughs> I think what you were leading on to, something that's so important, is that uh, to be human is to be so totally ugly. <laughs> to feel every ugly thing and to be ugly. 
And that's fine, you know, because you also get to experience all the beauty that comes with that. And so just like with relationships, just like with just like life in general, it's just like it's going to hurt, but it's also so beautiful. You know, it's going to be ugly, but it's also going to be so beautiful. And so I think that's sort of the key takeaway that I got away from that relationship was that as much as that hurt, as much as like I felt like destroying myself, I also realized that that was a beautiful relationship and that would lead to more beautiful growth in the future. And I think it did because, again, as painful as that was, I just reconnected with this person that I had broken up with and she's one of my best friends now. And I think like, I think we both went through a lot of shit and I think that really solidified that bond again and love changes. And I feel immense, great love for this person. I think another thing that I want to add to that is that it is a beautiful thing, but while you're going through it, it just, it's painful. But after that, I think one of my favorite, favorite things to favorite feelings in the world is when, you know, after a long time of pain, you finally feel lighter. Oh my God, I'm going to cry now. But yeah, I just start <laughs> like crying now. But you know, like in that first moment where you're like, oh my God, like I feel lighter and like it doesn't hurt as much. Like it still does, but you're able to like be okay again. And you don't carry that heaviness anymore. And I feel like that's that's the beautiful part, you know? Knowing that you thought you can't get through it, but you did. You know, it's 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 funny the the way that we experience relief and the way we experience our own healing and you know, the more I look at it, it is kind of this humorously unfunny thing where it's this direct contrast between misfortune and fortune that we have, you know, the chance and the opportunity of experiencing the loves that we have loved and the people that we have loved, whether it be romantic, you know, platonic, familial, you know, regardless of the circumstance that the love existed within. I think it's, it's something that we have the fortunate misfortune of growing from and learning from and evolving alongside. And pain is never, never, absolutely never an easy experience. And I think it kind of speaks beautifully and masochistically to the, the human condition and how we experience pain. But one thing I am more than happy to say is that we've all made it out of these pains regardless of the tribulations and the circumstances that encompassed those situations. Um, it, it's funny the way, we, <laughs> the way we grow. And personally, that's really all I have to say before I break down into tears. But again, I, I thank both of you for sharing such intimate parts of yourself. I think I'm just going to say that pain is something I feel like that we will always carry, but we just find ways to kind of deal with it and create new relationships, new experiences that kind of makes it seem like it's not as painful anymore. And I think that's, that's the beauty of life, I guess. Even if it's there, there's a lot of ways to kind of 
decorate your pain or really just go through it and just go with it and still build something beautiful and still fight through. And I think I, I'm always impressed with humans because of that, because I don't know, it's just, it's a pain that really nothing can cure. You know, I've been on antidepressants and yeah, it hurt less, but it's still there. It's not like it's just going to go away. It's always going to be there. Pain influences, you know, the next thing we do. It sucks, but it's yeah. the reality. It is like this, this gracious vindictiveness that we experience. I like that. <laughs> Put that on your bio. Gracious vindictiveness. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, wow. Wow. That was, wow. Thank Woo. you both for sharing. Again, you know, I don't know how many times I've said that, but thank you both thank for you. sharing. Thank you, Dane. I feel like I'm so snotty oh, now. You, thank you, <laughs> <laughs> It's okay. And thank we, you. We welcome it. We welcome, <laughs> we welcome the snot. <laughs> uh, we, welcome, we welcome the snot. We welcome the phlegm. We welcome the human excretions that is pain. Um, it's normal. <laughs> it is. It is. Pain is normal, and it is something we are slowly coming to accept. And to transition haphazardly, again, I feel like that is a very defining characteristic of this podcast, haphazard, is level three of the You Were Not Really Strangers card game, which is reflection. Wait, that was just level two? That was level two. <laughs> I'm ready. Fuck. <laughs> You know what? Okay. <laughs> you know what? Not to sound. <laughs> you can add this to the podcast, but I feel like I've talked about this about you guys. I've talked to you guys about this, but I've always loved like being interviewed. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, yeah, every time, yeah, yeah, every time I take a shower, I just like pretend that someone's interviewing me, and it's just me answering. <laughs> I agree, specifically Frank no. Ocean. <laughs> specifically Frank Ocean asking me about my life and i'm just like yeah 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 (laughs) it helps you know as crazy as it sounds it's it helps it's kind of like my my invisible therapist (laughs) blonded radio just for you just for you i'll link it i'll I'll send it to frank ocean i'll dm him (laughs) oh my god she's going wild she's going wrong (laughs) shout out shout out (laughs) shout out frank ocean Oh my god, next. Level three. Okay, so to transition into the third level, the next question that touches us is level three, reflection. What about me most surprised you? I can go first. My answer for you guys are the same because our friendships really started as you know, super fun. And it's just like, you know, laughter and whatsoever, just, just drinking. It really surprised me how how much space you guys had for me, especially when we talk about, you know, life and pain and love and family. It's, I don't know. I just, I guess I, I stopped expecting people to reserve space for me, but I'm always amazed by how much space you guys have for me and how open you guys are when, you know, I cry like this. <laughs> and when I tell you about things that I'm going through or when I'm in pain and I'm just, I'm not in my mind and I'm just crying. And I don't know, it surprises me how 
a lot of people, especially you guys, can tolerate that. And it's it's great, you know? It's it's something that I've never really had in my life as like a younger person and meeting people who are able to hold my pain with me without judging me and just, you know, being there and accepting me and just standing beside me and walking with me. That's definitely something that was like a really wow moment for me. And it was not easy to accept because, you know, I think I've been so used to not being given that space that when I got it from people who really loved me, I was like, okay, I feel like I don't deserve this. But then I feel like throughout the years, you kind of start seeing the pattern that like, no, these people really care about me. Like they're still here. They stick around and they really like, you know, like you've proven that you, and you've earned my trust and love. So I'm like, it's, it's such a, I don't know. I just never really thought that people do that. I guess I've always been um, with very selfish people that it was such an impossible thing for me to experience. But then when I did experience it, it was scary, but it was also very heart opening. And yeah. You're very welcome. <laughs> you, I'm so glad that I have been there with you, for you, anytime yeah. you need it. Warms my heart. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so Pao, since you had answered after Kate and pending that Kate, you know, said everything that she's needed to say, would you like to speak next? Yeah, absolutely. All right, I'll go down a bullet list. A pre-prepared bullet list? <laughs> yeah. Wait, what was the question again? Like, what surprised me yeah, about you guys? Yeah, what surprised you about us? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I definitely prepared this beforehand because I knew the question. <laughs> uh, so, Kate, uh, the first thing that surprised me about you was uh, uh, it's just a few things. But I think, okay, if I was going to go through the exact thing that went first was uh, how creative you were, how, and, and tied to that, like how involved you are in your your work, in your career, which was... Uh, which was inspiring to see as a young uh, photographer. Um, you had been to multiple like shows. You were so connected with all these people. I was like, damn, that's really cool. <laughs> Woo. But also, yeah, apart from that, the next thing would be uh, how open you were to, to talking about your issues. Because often... Well, I, often I really like to like get to know people by like talking about the really shitty stuff first, and so I think uh, I don't know when it was, but I definitely remember you just being so open to answering my questions and also like elaborating and really sharing that stuff with me. So I appreciated that, and I was very surprised uh, by that. So thank you. Thank you. With Dane. With Dane, the thing that surprised me about Dane was how was how well he read me for shit. Just kidding. Just yeah. Like I think that one time we did the tarot reading at that pizza place, I was like, Oh, this guy knows people. Like he knows he understands people. Which was awesome. Because uh I, I'm often the one that really like opens the space up for people to talk about stuff. I like being that person, but 
to have someone in front of me who is now probing me and also uh, creating the space for me to like to divulge and to be vulnerable. I was super appreciative of that. And that was that was the first thing that surprised me about you. Yeah. Can I add something? I think I think people need to know about how amazing Dane's tarot skills are. I cuz oh, I know yeah. that we both have those experiences. I'm going to talk about my experience. So Dane and yeah, I please. worked at a retail space together and you know, we weren't like we weren't really friends. We haven't talked to each other about our lives and um he didn't know anything about me he didn't even follow me on instagram but he <laughs> literally read my cards and it was so on point that i got scared that i thought he was talking me <laughs> yeah like i it was just it was like i'm not even like i'm not just saying this for entertainment purposes i really in my heart i was like what the fuck because he was just so like accurate to like my my like the, my current state and i was just like how did he do that <laughs> like i really didn't understand and that's also the moment that i was like oh my god maybe tarot is like you know maybe there's something about this like all this kind of stuff because i mean i believe in astrology you know like the universe and whatsoever but tarot i was super scared to do it at first but after that i was like oh my oh my god it's legit <laughs> but yeah tarot Whoa. king <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That's a that's a pretty lofty title for for me to even <laughs> claim. But you know, I, I appreciate the the respect that you guys have for my tarot reading ability. Um, sometimes I I don't really have any for. Um, again, um, I really thank you for being able to confide in me the things that you've shared with me and um, to trust me enough with that information because I really want to be able to provide a safe space for people to communicate things that, you know, might not necessarily be the easiest to talk about. Um, uh, one of the mantras I live by is, you know, vulnerability is my policy. And I'm sure both of you have more than lived kind of through that uh, experience. And I just want to say thank you. Um, now, for me to speak on behalf of both of you guys, um, <laughs> I don't know who I'll start with first, but I guess Kate, because she was the most recent speaker. Um, I think what surprised me the most about Kate was her capacity for love and her capacity to endure. I think she's probably one of the most, you know, resilient people I've ever met, despite everything and all the people that I've really met to begin with. Um, she kind of bear you like you kate bear this this almost desire for survival despite everything that's fronted against you and i i really appreciate that not only as you know someone speaking to your characteristics but also to a friend you know i'm i'm glad that you've had the endurance and the tenacity to stick around and you know, it is just endless love for you and your ability to love and to be resilient and to withstand things. I think that's probably one of the things that amazes me most about you is, you know, your capacity, just capacity for all things. You've been through so much, yet you continue to share and exhibit space for other people and yourself on top of that. And that's not easy. Um, 
So that's you're gonna make me cry. (laughs) (laughs) What surprised me most about Paolo is probably his cerebral nature coupled with how big of a heart he really has. You know, to be cerebral and to have a, a, a big heart are not two things that often coincide, you know, having um, existed in gifted spaces for so long and to have been around a lot of people with very low emotional quotients, mind you. It was really refreshing to see someone with such a palatable digestion, I suppose, of their own emotional world um, and to almost navigate their emotional world with grace despite all odds and on top of having to maintain or not having to maintain but you know being able to willfully express this witty and cerebral nature that he's always carried around him despite all things you know it it was very fascinating to me because it's it's not a trait that I've met in many people and so that's something I really appreciate and surprised me about Paolo you know I think it's easy to see most people overcome by things, but to see it in action on top of the endurance is another thing. And yeah, uh, that is what surprised me most about you. If you guys want to say something. Um, I just want to thank you, Dane. Thank you for those. <laughs> that made me feel, that made my heart really yeah, warm. Same. <laughs> I'm just trying not to cry because I'm like, this is not going to be a drama. <laughs> I think <laughs> this is my acting self tape. <laughs> I think this whole <laughs> whole recording session is just a means of like trying to avoid breaking down into tears. I to know. be completely honest. <laughs> First episode and we're already crying. Sorry, what was that you're saying, Paolo? I'd like to um I'd like to point out what surprised me about our our whole group as a whole is how well we just freaking do it together you know i think we i think we all fit together really (laughs) nicely and i'm so glad that i'm doing this with you guys because i just feel so comfortable to say my ideas and 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 you guys receive them so openly and with with grace and intellect it's nice it's good it's refreshing yeah exactly it's it's working with neurotic artists Half of my life, I can definitely say this is a refreshing experience. It is super refreshing to be able to safely, you know, be vulnerable and cry and just, you know, be ugly in front of other people and know that you're not going to be judged or that they're not going to walk away. I think that's, I don't know, I love that. (laughs) And I, I wish that more of us would experience that. I hope that there's more like that in the world because it's, I think it's one of those things that really helps you um, cultivate love with others or in yourself. I know that it helps me accept myself so mm-hmm. much when I see that people, you know, see something that I can't even see, but still accept me and love me. And that's, to me, that's super powerful. It's always love at the end of the day. So, Uh, The next question reads, the next and final question reads, what do you think my defining characteristic is? Can we, can we do, can we do a quick round? Yeah. Yeah. Sick. All right. I'll start. Dane, your defining uh, characteristic is your posture. And Kate, your defining, (laughs) (laughs) 
And Kate, your defining characteristic is your um, your bridled narcissism. <laughs> Love it. Okay, Kate, it's your turn to go. What do you think our defining traits are? Um, okay, Paolo, I think your de- your defining characteristic is your softness. It's a different kind of softness. Like I'm gonna tell you, it's like it's not. It's it's just it's. You know, it's just like, oh, this is a nice person, like, when you meet them, when you meet, when they meet you. And for Dane, I'm going to say it's his maturity. He's just old. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, yeah, yeah, he's, he's old Mentally. as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and I I'm feel like that's what really here. draws, like, people. <laughs> I know. But you seem like the oldest. I feel like that's, you know what, I'm... I'm just going to take, like, a wild guess here, but I feel like a lot of people are really drawn to you because of that. They just want to hear you talk. <laughs> yeah. If we could... Okay, if we could all go <laughs> around in a circle and just uh, say what our soul age is, like, what like what do we feel like inside in terms of, like, age? Um, how does everybody feel about that? You, you guys want to do that? We should do that after Dan answers sure. the question. Yeah. Yeah, let Dane answer sure. the question. So I'll answer the question that we were previously prompted with, and then I'll answer the question that you had come up yeah, with. Yeah, um, So I think Kate's defining characteristic is her her whimsy. I think it's something that even despite her darkest moments is something that never is put out and never dies out. And I really appreciate that. It's 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 it, it comes hand in hand with her dexterity. And with Paolo, uh, I really appreciate his cerebral nature of looking at things, despite how chaotic it is. So I think um, to put it into a simple phrase would be his chaotic, uh, his chaotic genius. Um, Ooh. Yeah, dude, you're fucked in, in the best way possible. <laughs> um, and then to answer my soul age, uh, what I think my soul age is and what I think both of your soul age ages are... I feel like Kate's soul age is very young, to be completely honest. I feel like it's somewhere, I feel like it's in its probably like 10th iteration, you know, like iteration meaning like time is reincarnated. I feel like she just has this very young, but well marinated and aging soul. Um, And for Pau, I feel like his would be like 30 he just gives me the essence of a 30-year-old um, at all times. Like, even when I met him, I was like, is this, how old is this dude? I feel like he's 30. Um, that's that's what I had thought. And for myself, I feel, sometimes I, I, I fluctuate between a 1,000 and uh, just born today, actually. So, you know, really no <laughs> in between, just complete polar opposites. Uh, whoever wants to speak next can speak next, but I've, I've said my words. I'm next. Okay, Katie. I is. think I think Dane is five hundred five years old. <laughs> I think his soul is five hundred five years old. Super accurate. And I think for you, Paolo, I think it's ninety three. Oh, okay. Super accurate. It's just how I feel. But also for I'm me, not. you know what? I think for me, I think I personally, I think um, I maybe I've maybe lived. 47 lives I think but I sometimes I feel like I I have an old soul but a very young spirit I like that yeah 
Old soul, young spirit. Credit. Don't steal that. <laughs> All right. Uh, I would have to agree with Dane. I feel like Kate has very young, young spirit, very energetic, very just everywhere. Uh, but I also feel like there is, there is wisdom in that, and that is um, accompanied by like this old, oldness to it. It's like uh, if you imagine a very old fairy, but like this fairy. Like a very youthful fairy, but that's like, me. This fairy is like <laughs> that's years me. Old. I can like feel you, it into my bones. Yeah. yeah. You, do you do you see that? If Tinkerbell was actually like a thousand years Peter old. Pan, like almost, yeah. <laughs> like an angel fairy in the in the woods in my little like beautiful cottage. Oh my god, that's me. Yeah. And I feel like my parents would be Aphrodite, Medusa, and Cleopatra. <laughs> that's it, folks. That's me. Uh, lesbian, <laughs> lesbian goddess spirit. Sapphic, yes, super sapphic, you know. <laughs> Goddesses only. Goddesses only here. <laughs> uh, for Dane, I would oh say, I would say a very comfortable 80, 75, maybe 90. Someone, someone who's seen some shit, you know? Someone who's seen some shit and is ready to impart that wisdom to the youth. The Utes. <laughs> to the Utes. Aww. And for me, I would say a good mix between 12 and 40. Cute. Okay, nice. Nice. So, honestly, I think we all had somewhat <laughs> accurate answers for, you know, this collective. And I think this session was actually very fruitful. Um, thank you both for sharing, or thank, thank, thank all of us for sharing our vulnerabilities with each other. And yeah, thank you. Thank you. And this is just a taste of uh, what After Hours really has to offer. We're so excited to continuously engage and get to know each and every one of you. And uh, that's that's all I really have to say. If anyone else would like to say anything, go ahead. Yeah, I'd like to say something. Um, hey, dear viewer, listener, thank you so much for listening to us three uh, talking, getting a little tipsy, getting a little drunk. <laughs> You're wonderful. Thank you. Kate? Yeah, um, I just want to say, if you're still listening, congratulations. And uh, thank you for opening a space for us. And, you know, I know it's not easy to listen to a long podcast. But if you're still listening, well, you just opened your heart to three people. <laughs> who just opened their heart to you. So that I think that's that's something that you should be proud of. And thank you so much. Thank you so much. <laughs> DM us. DM us. <laughs> yes, feel free to DM us. Feel free to get engaged with us, whether it be through Ennui Collective. That's at Ennui.Collective on Instagram or each one of us personally, um, which will be linked through Ennui.Collective's Instagram. Once again, we thank you for listening. We are so gracious to have had this experience with you. Um, and we hope you have a lovely night or a lovely day for wherever you may be listening. Again, that's After Hours, presented to you by Omni Collective. <laughs>